Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 18. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. For those of you that are new, we go verse by verse here at Calvary Chapel. And uh, so if we leave off at verse 11, we're picking up at verse 12 the following week. We go verse by verse. We've been in the Gospel of John for two and a half years. And uh, amen. I actually look. Can y'all believe that? We've been in John for two and a half. Did y'all learn anything? Did y'all learn anything? Amen. I did. There's so much in here. We've been going through and plodding through. And now we're at chapter 18 and we only have... Uh, to chapter 21, and then we have uh, completed. I'm just curious, who was with me from the introduction of the Gospel of John? Just raise your hand nice and high. And uh, so you know uh, that was quite a while ago uh, we had the introduction, and now we're in chapter 18. So what a blessing. Before we get started, let me read you a couple of... These are real tombstone epithets. Real tombstone epitaphs. Listen at this. The first one comes from a place called Tombstone, Arizona. And it reads, Here lies Lester Moore, four slugs from a 44. No less, no more. (laughs) Here's another one. Here's one from Lincoln, Maine that says, Sacred to the memory of Jared Bates who died August the 6th, 1800. His widow, aged 24, lives at 7 Elm Street, has every qualification for a good wife, and yearns to be comforted. Wow. <laughs> this one is, somebody told me this is pronounced Scanatelles. S-K-A-N-E-A-T-E-L-E-S. Anybody heard of that place? Scan me neither until I read this. Scanatelli's New York. And it reads, Underneath this pile of stone lies all that is left of Sally Jones. Her name was Briggs. It was not Jones. But Jones was used to rhyme with stones. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's the third service. This is silly to me. <laughs> Here's one from Springdale, Ohio, and it says, Here lies Jane Smith, wife of Thomas Smith, marble cutter. This monument was erected by her husband as a tribute to her memory and a specimen of his work. Monuments of the same style, $350. (laughs) Have you no shame? Finally, here's one. And this is a really, really strange one from Ribsford, England. Anna Wallace, the children of Israel wanted bread, and the bread sent, and the Lord sent them manna. Clark Wallace wanted a wife, 
and the devil sent him Anna. <laughs> if you've been with us, get your pen, get your pen, get your Bible. If you've been with us, it's like we need to pray. If you've been with us, you know we've been going verse by verse through the Gospel of John. And beginning here in chapter 18, we come to the final events in the life of Jesus that leads up to his death. If you were with us last week, just by show of hands, were you with me just, just last week? Then you know just last week that Jesus leaves the Temple Mount and he crosses the Kidron Valley. Kidron means, come on, yell it out, means what? Murky or dark. Jesus crosses the Kidron Valley. He enters the Garden of Gethsemane where 600 soldiers came to arrest him. Judas identifies Jesus with a kiss and they bring Jesus bound to Annas. Look at chapter 13, or pardon me, chapter 18 in verse 13. And they led him away to Annas first. Think about that. They bound the hands that hushed the sea to sleep. They bound the hands that still the waters. They bound the hands that turned the water to wine and multiplied the blood, the, the, the bread. They bound the hands that healed all kinds of diseases. They bound the hands that turned mud into healing ointment. They bound the hands that opened the deaf ears and raised the dead. They bound the one who came to set people free. Isn't that interesting? I told you last week, and I think it's worthy to be repeated, that they bound him with ropes, and the ropes couldn't hold him. Two things kept Jesus on the cross. Two things. Number one, obedience to the Father. Number two, his love for us. Last week, were you with me? We saw Peter warming his hands by the fire of the enemy. And which begins Peter's denial of the Lord three times. Denial number one. You were with me last week, weren't you? Denial number one. The servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, hey, you're one of those disciples who was following Jesus. And Peter said, nope. Desire, denial number two. Another girl saw him and said, yeah, it was you. You were with Jesus. And again, Peter denies this time with an oath. Cross my heart and hope to die. I don't know him. Denial number three. People began to say, you were with Jesus. I can hear it in your speech. And the rooster crowed. And the big, rough, tough fisherman goes out and he weeps bitterly. So they take Jesus to the house of Annas first. And Jesus has, if you got a pen, he has three trials. Number one, he has a trial at the house of Annas. Annas is the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest. This trial was held in the middle of the night. This was against Jewish law. It was illegal to hold night court. The second trial Jesus was brought before chief priests and the elders. And in the third trial, Jesus was bound before Pilate. Pilate questioned Jesus. Jesus refused to answer. Pilate asked the crowd, who should I let go? Jesus or Barabbas? They said Barabbas. And Pilate said, why? What has he done? The crowd said, crucify him. If you missed last week's teaching, I want to encourage you to go by the bookstore and pick it up. I've titled this sermon, Jesus Before Pilate, Saints, John chapter 18. Let's pick up in verse uh, 28. If you're looking at verse 28, I need you to say amen. amen. 
That was a weak amen. Okay, wait till I tell y'all. John chapter 18, look at verse 28. If you're looking at verse 28, say amen. Amen. Thank you. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. And it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the praetorium lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It's not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. And then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, Notice he didn't answer the question. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I've come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what, is, what do you say, saints? What is true? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault to him at all. But you have chosen a custom. You have a custom in verse 39 that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And then they all cried again, saying, not this man, but who, saints? Now Barabbas was a what? It was a robber. Look at verse, uh, go back to chapter 18 and look at verse, uh, um, look at verse 25 in chapter 18 through 27. We talked about Peter who followed Jesus from a distance and found himself warming himself at the coals of the fire's enemy. Were you here last week? We talked about that. And earlier, Peter in self-confidence said, Lord, if all would stumble, I would never stumble. And Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me how many times, saints? Matthew 26, 34 says that. Well, in verse 28, they lead Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. Now, the praetorium is also the hall of judgment. You might want to write that down. It's also the hall of judgment. This is the place where the Roman garrison was kept. It was right next to the Antonio Fortress, which is right next to the temple in Jerusalem. The Bible is very, very specific. And you know, one thing I love about the Bible, as one of many things that I love about the Bible, but one of the many things I love about the Bible is that the Bible is very specific. Notice the Bible tells us it was early in the morning. Now, that's important. Because that tells us that this trial was a hurry-up trial. They weren't interested in judgment. They were interested in execution. 
They wanted to hurry up and get Jesus into the hands of the Romans for execution. They had no right to execute in Rome at the time. The Jews had no right to execute anyone in Rome at that time. Now, Rome had stripped the Jews of their right to capital punishment. And the Talmud, that is a book, a historian book, a a book about the history of the Jews, the Talmud, tells us that when the law was made, when the right to take away, when the right to uh, issue capital punishment was taken away from the Jewish people, the Talmud tells us that the high priest ripped his clothes and put on sackcloth and threw dirt and ashes on his head. And he went throughout the street saying, God has failed us. God has failed us. And the reason that they felt that God had failed them is because Genesis chapter 49 verse 10 tells us the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh. Shiloh is a reference to the Messiah until Messiah comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. So the high priest thinks that the scepter has been taken away, and Shiloh has not come. The scepter speaks of rule and authority. It speaks of the ability to deal with lawbreakers, and that includes the death sentence. Now, a representative, listen, a representative of Rome or Caesar could pronounce the death sentence. Pilate was a representative of Rome. Pilate, are y'all listening? Pilate was a procurator or a prefect, they call them. A procurator or a prefect. And Pilate, as a procurator or a prefect, he had the right to sentence someone to death. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Pilate. Early records tell us that Pilate was a part of this equestrian group called the Clan of Pontai. The Clan of Pontai. Google it. The, plan, the Clan of Pontai. Um, perhaps where he got his name, Pontius Pilate. Uh, he was the governor of Judea from A.D. 26 to A.D. 36. Pilate generally lived in Caesarea by the sea. Now listen, don't be confused. There are two Caesareas in the Bible. There's a Caesarea by the sea, and there's a Caesarea Philippi. In Caesarea Philippi is where Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And um, they said, some say this person and that person. They went on and on. Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Which, by the way, is the most important question ever asked to any man. Who do you say that I am? And Peter is the one who piped up and said, well, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus then said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter, but my Father which is in heaven has shown you that, Peter. In other words, Peter, you didn't make that up. Peter, you didn't come up that with yourself. The Holy Spirit gave that to you, Peter. That was in Caesarea Philippi, which is north of Jerusalem. Caesarea by the sea is a different location, and this is where Pilate lived. If you go with us to Jerusalem, to Israel, 
In January, we always go to Caesarea by the sea. They have these beautiful, huge aqueducts. They have um, these ancient horse uh, uh, racetracks. Uh, the amphitheater where Paul addressed Agrippa is in this area of Caesarea. Um, they have um, uncovered where in those days they had incredible technology. I'm probably telling you way more than you want to really know. They, in those days they had incredible technology where they were able to, divers were able to go deep, deep, deep in the water and they, they built the foundation of, of uh, Pilate's home and palace deep down in the water. The foundation is down there. So it's incredible. Pilate lived in Caesarea by the sea most of the time, but during the Passover, he stayed in Jerusalem because there was always problems of one kind or another uh, during the Passover. At this time, Pilate, at this particular time, Pilate was in big political trouble because he had three big political mistakes that he had made. Mistake number one, political mistake number one. One night, Pilate comes into Jerusalem from Caesarea, and he put Roman flags all over the Antonio Fortress with Caesar's image on it. Well, the Jewish people said, oh, no, he did not, because thou shalt not have any graven images. And the Jews wake up, they see the flags, they start a riot, he took them down. Political mistake number two, Pilate was trying to raise money to build a reservoir from uh, the Temple Mount, and this was actually a good thing. He's trying to build this reservoir from the Temple Mount so when they slaughtered all those animals and all that blood, that it would go down this like reservoir, down this conduit, and then make its way into the Brook of Kidron and then keep on going. So he was trying to actually do a good thing um, as it relates to the blood sacrifices, but the Jews, they just didn't like him, and they didn't want to give him any money. So Pilate sent some Roman soldiers to the temple dressed like Jews. They started a fight, killed some people, broke into the temple vault, and stole some money that was needed to build the aqueduct. Political mistake number three. Pilate didn't learn his lesson about that image thing, and so he puts Roman soldiers' shields, pardon me, shields, around the temple that said Caesar is Lord. The Jews said, that's enough. We've had it. They went crazy. Pilate went back to Caesarea by the sea. Caiaphas sent 7,000 Jews to surround his palace. And so one of Pilate's servants looks out the living room window and said, hey, Pi, we got a problem. There's 7,000 soldiers out on the front grass. What do you want to do about it? He said, go out and slaughter them. And when they came out to kill them, they all laid down their necks and said, cut our necks. Well, he couldn't do that because that would cause a revolt, and that's the last thing that he needed. So Pilate, listen, is thinking one more political mess up and he'll be out of office. He wanted to release Jesus, but he knew the Jews would complain. And he already been warned by Caesar, one more mess up and you're out. Look at verse 28 in your Bibles. Notice the Bible tells us, as I pointed out, it is early in the morning. Pilate is probably sleeping. They bring Jesus. 
but the Jews did not go in lest they should be defiled. Now listen to me, saints. There were two thrones in the Antonio Fortress, one on the inside and one on the outside. The one on the outside, listen, was made of ivory. It was beautiful. The pavement and the steps that led up to this throne that was made of white ivory was also made of white ivory. Can you imagine how beautiful this was? The pavement and those steps in Aramaic Aramaic was called Gabbatha. Gabbatha. And it means risen or elevation place. This is the same place they brought Jesus later and the people would cry, crucify him, crucify him. And so Paul says, okay, or Pilate says, okay, bring him here. And they say, we don't want to because you're a Gentile. And if we step foot on Gentile territory, we won't be able to eat the Passover. And we want to take the Passover. In other words, are y'all getting this? In other words, we want to crucify the Lamb of God, but we're concerned that we might get spiritual cooties if we come into the presence of Gentiles. Religious folk, okay? Religious folk. Petty. Look at verse 29. Pilate goes out to them. Notice he goes out to them. And he said, what's the accusation against the man? And they didn't state the charges. They said, if there wasn't a reason to be here, we wouldn't be here. Pilate said, well, then you judge him against your own law. And look at verse 31. They said, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. And now Pilate knows exactly what they want. Now he knows the form of execution for the Romans was crucifixion. We know that from Psalm 22, Isaiah 54, Zechariah chapter 12, all tell us that Jesus' hands and feet were pierced. And many other verses in the Old and the New Testament tell us that Jesus was crucified. So it is necessary, saints, prophetically, that Jesus be handed over to the Romans to die on the cross because the Jewish form of execution is what? Anybody know? Stoning. They executed Stephen, don't you remember? And they stoned Stephen as he was in that pit. The Roman form of execution was crucifixion. Look at verse 33. Pilate then comes back into the judgment hall and he takes the throne and he calls for Jesus and he says, are you the king of the Jews? Now listen, in all four gospels, this is the first thing that Pilate said to Jesus. The first thing. Pilate knew who Jesus was. This isn't a question of ignorance. Pilate heard about this itinerant rabbi teaching and preaching. Pilate heard about the free lunch that this guy was giving out to 15,000 people. He heard about the miracle after miracle. He heard about this Jesus who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Pilate didn't see Jesus as a problem. He knew Jesus. He knew the Jews wanted him dead. In verse 34, this is the first time that Pilate and Jesus stand face to face. Now put the stories together because Matthew chapter 27 verse 67 tells us that Jesus stands there as this is the first time they're face to face and Jesus stands there beaten and bloody and spit in his face and slapped. And Pilate said, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Now listen to me. Look at me. I've told you that tone is everything in the Bible. Tone is everything. Adam, where are you? Did Jesus say, or did God the Father say, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, where are you? Where you at, man? What's up with you? Where you at? Did he say it like that? Or did he say, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, he didn't say it like, Adam, where are you? Like, Adam, I don't know where you are. Come from behind that bush. He didn't say, Adam, like, I didn't know where you are. He's saying, Adam, where are you? In other words, Adam, I want you to look at where you are. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.